You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, are the hopes high? Good afternoon, James. <laughs> Fire Matt Klenzak, Hire Heim Bloom. Yes. I'm, I'm not even going to say anything else besides this podcast, besides those. You're just going to repeat that over and over yeah, and over I tweet again. it out every morning. Um, I'm now putting it on this podcast. So you're like trying to speak it into existence. It is literally almost. all I care about. Me too. It's all I care about. I'm it's all you. I care about. Well, he, let- he is more important than anything this organization has done in the last four years. I agree with you. Besides Harper. Maybe. And probably Real Muto. No, let's be real. Let's be honest. Probably more important. Having a good... Bryce Harper, you could argue, because of the Scott Boris tie-in, and we'll get to the <sighs> at-the-yard pod and what they had to say. We'll <laughs> get to that. So maybe you could argue Bryce Harper, but legitimately, we're talking about the guy who's going to steer the franchise potentially for the next, hopefully, you know, decade plus or whatever. And would be good at it. <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems like you put out that tweet where the, or quote tweeted or whatever. With oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the fact, I mean, we've talked a lot about how what the Rays are doing. The Rays playing in a playoff game tonight. Uh, made the playoffs with the lowest payroll in baseball, but just how low? 55% less than any... I mean, that's insanity. The fact that they made the playoffs is every major market team should be firing their front office, except for, of course, the Dodgers and the Astros and these types of teams that are winning. I mean, it is... When you look at what the Rays are doing, and teams like the Phillies, with the resources they have, are doing what they're doing. It's embarrassing, man. They, that whole front office should be getting jobs. Well, I mean, you should be poaching as many people as you can from that front office. I mean, it's it's just tough to say because we don't have any recent examples of a Tampa Bay Rays executive going to a big market team and turning them into a juggernaut. <laughs> oh, wait, we have that already. You're telling me we've already seen that work before? Oh, if only, wait, Andrew Friedman used to work for the Rays and now the Dodgers are a freaking machine? Juggernaut. And I want to be a freaking machine? It's just like, oh my God. All right, well, let, let's get to the, the it all kind of, we were waiting to do the pod, do inside baseball. 55% lower than league average. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's how that's. Than league average, yeah. That, that is. That is in, league average. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's hard to believe. So, um, all right, so today, we were, we've been waiting to do the pod. We kept, honestly, we were thinking, all right, we got to wait. Gabe's going to get fired. We got to do the pod after that. Yep. Good thing we waited until today, Jack, because we finally got some information from the people who cover the, te- cover the team. It started with Jim Salisbury, who says, I'm hearing nothing's going to happen today. So everyone starts to, you know, kind of back off a little bit. Then Matt Gelb tweets out, a reminder that it took the Phillies eight days after the 2005 season to fire Ed Wait. The longer this goes, the more questions there are about leadership above the manager. That got everyone's ears perked. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, is this more than a Gabe Kapler decision? Then, of course, Stark with the bombshell. I'm hearing buzz that it's now possible there won't be an announcement on the fate of Gabe Kapler until next week. 
which I'm taking as a sign the Phillies understand they have more to decide right now than just the fate of the manager, Jack. Yo. Thank God. Yo. All right, we have a lot to dive into with this. First, just your general thoughts and impressions about this. And again, it's not a report from Stark. He is saying it makes me think, but Stark doesn't put stuff out there without neither does solid Salisbury. information. Neither does Salisbury. Those are probably the two most hooked in guys to this Phillies clubhouse for a very, very long time. Yeah. What they say matters. What is your what's your interpretation? What's your take on this whole S show right now, Jack? <laughs> I didn't curse there for you, buddy. Wanted to. Um I I'm glad I'm glad they're reassessing it seems like they're reassessing the general man, the general manager position. Thank God. And I'm glad that hopefully hopefully they're reassessing the Andy McPhail. Job. I would think they would go as a team together. Would be my thought, right? Because I, I, like, we've been screaming for months that this is not an entire Gabe Kapler problem. No, like this is it's just not. Like Gabe is a small problem in in a bigger organizational. Not this. I don't think they're dysfunctional. I just don't think they're very good. Right, but this right now feels somewhat dysfunctional. Well, it's like it's a, the, the, you've been out of playoff contention for a month. What are you doing? Are you gonna, how are you not evaluating these guys? How are you not? How do you have no idea whether you're going to fire the manager or the general manager? Well, and Gabe Kapler's at, at Citizens Bank Park yesterday doing just work, like going to his office. No, it's like, like it's like the poor guy. First off, you should let him interview somewhere else if he wants to do that. Absolutely. I mean, there is a team out there in the Giants who have. Already been said to have real interest in Gabe Kapler. It seems like the worst. Available. It seems like the worst kept secret in in yeah. baseball. Well, and who runs the Giants? Farhan, who hired yeah, him? Yeah, of course, and also you know former Rays guy as well. So, I, wait, Farhan's a Rays guy uh, too. Former Dodgers guy, yeah, excuse yeah. me, not Rays guy, but from you know worked under Friedman with yeah. the Dodgers and stuff. That, Farhan's that infrastructure. Great. Yeah, Farhan knows what he's doing. So, um, look, I. I'm with you. I really want Matt Klintak gone. I think it is imperative for the future of this franchise because I just don't believe it, that he's going to get better. I don't believe he's going to be able to lead this franchise where it needs to be. We've talked... I mean, we don't need like, to dive the, into the organizational issues they have, but what, what there's is, no depth in this organization of talent. What is the case for keeping Matt Klintak? That's my point. I don't... I'm with you, but again, the case is that John Middleton said in March... <laughs> He's an elite general manager in March, Jack. It's October. And again, the team was already built. John Middleton knew what the team looked like going into that season. He said, elite general manager, compared him to Branch Rickey. All these types of insane things. When you hear them now that he's considering firing him, I mean, dysfunction isn't that far off of a word. It makes me feel (laughs) like John Middleton has no idea what he's doing. Well, uh, there's a reason why they are what, eleven thousand losses. Oh. Is that what? Yeah, officially that, the yeah, last. How about that? Was it? Was it? Could there have been anything more like synchronicity, perfect type of thing to eighty-one and eighty-one to end the season, and it's your thou- eleven thousandth <laughs> losses of franchise? It was just like, of course, <laughs> of, course of course it is. Yeah, so it's it yep. about as twenty nineteen Phillies as a twenty nineteen yeah, Phillies could get. It was perfect. It was like it was too perfect. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I wish I had known going into the season that they were 81 losses away. I wish I had noticed that because I would have predicted 81 and 81 because it's just so perfect. It's what happens. It what happens. Um, yeah, the Middleton thing is just, I just don't know. Here's my hope. My hope is this. You're a hopeful guy. I'm, guy. A, I'm a positive high hopes guy. <laughs> we know. My hope is that John Middleton is having his Jeff Lurie moment. He knows that the guys that are running this organization right now are not fit for the job. Andy McPhail 
blows. <laughs> Amy McPhail is just is pointless in this He's whole a disaster. in this whole He's thing. A, again, again, even alone. The if we don't, we don't comment to say that out loud to media. He should have been fired for <laughs> that one comment alone. He should have walked out of that press conference in Middleton and should have been like, get that out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I can't believe you just said that publicly <laughs> to the media. Like, oh my God. Well, it would have been the quickest turnaround in baseball history. <laughs> Missed those days. Yeah. Said, hey, we're still in first place. <laughs> I don't know, we don't I don't ever, know. At least we don't ever have to hear that again, which is nice. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. Right now, in in May, we'd be in the playoffs. So I don't know what if you're the complaining about. Season ended today, uh, Jack. Andy, love it, buddy. Um, and I just like that. Matt Clendeck's been here for four years, and the fact that they don't have him, like they have two. They have two prospects. They have two guys who you feel like can be all stars someday. No power. They have two the, guys in the whole. Freaking organization. Like, they're a step behind when you're looking at. Like everyone talks about, oh, they went too far with the analytics. No, they haven't. They're no. behind. What they do, the problem is, is that first and foremost, they probably it seems have too heavy a reliance on the numbers. They're told you do need a balance. There needs to be some sort of feel with this thing. Human beings are not robots. You know, I say that all the time. It's one of my things. Like you can't tell everything from the numbers. But outside of that, I think the bigger issue is that it seems like they don't know how to apply these analytics. It seems like, yes, they use analytics, but they're using them incorrectly. They, don't know, they do not know how to use them. Clearly. We saw it last year with the defensive shifts, a perfect example of it. that They just didn't understand how to shift. None. That was the issue. They I mean, changed their basic whole, stuff. They changed their whole philosophy in the offseason. Like they came into the season last year talking about how great they're going to be at shifting, and then they had to change. They had to literally flip it. They had to flip it from from figuring they they last year with the shifts they tried to do it to the batter rather than to the pitcher's strengths and they get burned mm-hmm. and then they flipped this off season and it was fine like it was better but like why are to, you do, why are you doing something you don't know what you're doing well, that's the point to have that batter read on something that's so fundamental especially when we're talking about analytics where every team in baseball seems to understand shifting literally. Pretty much every team. You know, there are a few teams that shouldn't be discussed in any sort of discussion. I mean, the Detroit Tigers lost 114 games, like, whatever. Oh, our future scouting directors from the <laughs> Orioles, probably. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, James. James. There's, there, the, we, me and James have talked about this off the air. There are a few scenarios where you're never getting another High Hopes yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, we might shut it down. Yeah. We might just be like, all right. There's no point. Sorry. Because yeah. you know why? Because there are no hopes. <laughs> hopes are dead. That's, that, that, is, that is on the table here. If they, fire, if they bring in another Orioles guy, yeah. If, yeah, if they bring in... Sosha, um, Sosha would be bad. <laughs> Honestly, no joke. And I, this isn't going to happen. And Todd Delacky put this name in his uh, articles. But Ruben Amaro, I might want him more than Mike Sosha. That's how bad I don't want Sosha. The point is, I obviously don't want Ruben Amaro. Those are the why two worst even, possible. Why was he? I have mentioned? a theory. I have a theory on it. To be honest, I think what it is. I think the Phillies are doing him a solid. Whenever people start, why do they to, have to do. T- I guys agree with you. I agree with time. you. But I think what it is is we see this in sports all the time, especially in the NFL, where once a guy is on those lists, once a guy is interviewing for managerial jobs, other teams seem to like take that to heart and give those people opportunities and interviews and stuff. So I honestly think they're doing Ruben a solid and just saying, hey, we'll put you on the list. Maybe we'll give you an interview, but you're not getting this job. But now people will see, oh, we gave him an interview. Maybe we should give him an interview. And so I think that, and then I know how say, stupid it is, but stuff works like that. And then will they say, oh, you interview with the Phillies, another dumb team. We're not going <laughs> to hire you. Like, like so they're hoping they that he get, hoping gets hired by a dumb team. They might. He doesn't know what on base percentage is. I, well, I know. He, he said that prospects don't matter. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'll manage. You man. know, 
<laughs> this whole this whole re relitigating of the Ruben Amaro era recently is driving oh, it's me so crazy. Real, actually, really wasn't that bad. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He was that bad. He had absolutely no foresight. No, I think he did get hamstrung in a couple of things. But after after they moved on from the core, like th- you could have done some other things. Absolutely. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, let's talk the, about this fun team. The point is, Mike Sosha, Ruben Amaro, if they're announced as manager of the yeah. team, High Hopes is probably not happening anymore. And if they hire a Orioles guy to be their scouting director. Yes, well, or an Angels personally. guy, to be honest. Yeah. Either or. But there's, there's so much Orioles stuff. It's way too much. Why Orioles. are we investing so They've much in the They've been the worst <laughs> team in baseball for five years. What they are were we what, doing? They did what the Phillies did after they after their run. They went into the absolute tanks. Yep. They had nothing in the system. Well, and they, they've been worse for longer, too. I mean, they've been... Really bad. Well, I mean, they did it. Well, what was overall. that? What was the last playoff run with Showalter? Was it 2014, 2015? Yeah, well, the Phillies was 2011. No, I know, but the Phillies also didn't start really rebuilding until like 2015. You know what I mean? Like they were like holding on. Oh, God. It's just so sad. Imagine if we get the podcast back then. Oh, we would have been losing our <laughs> minds. Thank God we didn't do that. Yeah. Sounds like a disaster. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm hoping that John Middleton is like, yo. These guys are not where we need this baseball team to be. I think John Middleton, I think John Middleton in his heart of hearts wants to be a big money spending owner, but on smart decisions. And I, I don't think they've made smart decisions in the last, in the last, obviously they haven't outside of Harper and Harper, Yeah, but here's the thing: like those moves are, are right in front of your face. Yeah, they're right in front of your face. Anyone can trade their best pitching prospect for somebody else. Dude, anyone can sign Bryce Harper to a three hundred thirty million dollar. The Gene Segura contract or Gene Segura trade is looking like an absolute yeah, disaster. Yeah, it's it's actually unbelievable. That was a trade where in the moment people were hailing Mac all around baseball. What a trade! Well, maybe not all around. Baseball. You know what I mean, though. Like it was hailed as a wow, what a great move. It's looking like a disaster. They're talking about moving Gene Segura off shortstop. Yeah, it's one year in. Doesn't that sound great? Don't you want to be your second baseman? And then Scott King... And here's the thing. You know what sounds even worse? Him being my third baseman. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, I mean, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. And here's the thing. I actually think Scott Kingery would be a better shortstop. If you put Kingery there every day and told him to, like, all right, you're the shortstop, he'd be better defensively than Segura. He's more athletic. He's got better range. Segura sucks. Segura's not a good shortstop. No, he's... He's, he's, he's really bad. He's too chubby. Like, Kingery is, is better. But again, Kingery should not be the shortstop either. I'm just saying, no. like... That shows how bad Gene Segura is. Yeah. But, the, like, what is the plan, Jack? What is the plan? They want, what are we doing you here? Know, you honestly want to know what it is? Yeah. And it's all, it all goes back to that, that, that Andy McPhail quote about before he got to if we don't, we don't. He said we want to be the quickest turnaround in baseball history. But you weren't. It's over. No, it's no, done. No. That, I know. But they made moves in the short sight to be the quickest turnaround mm-hmm. in baseball history. Mm-hmm. That's why you got Gene Segura. That's why you traded J.B. Crawford and Carlos mm-hmm. Santana for Gene Segura. Mm-hmm. Like, they they made win-now moves, and they they pushed their chips in on a team that just wasn't good enough. Like, that's, that's what it is. And, and, and Segura, like, you got to try to flip them this offseason. You have to try to flip them. Sure, for what? I don't know. Anything? To get off that contract? Sure. That's my point, though. What are you, you going to do? You're going to have to pay part of that contract. That's such a disaster. Who's taking Gene Zagura after this season and saying, oh, I want that guy, especially when it seems like everything you hear is he's a douche in the clubhouse, too. Nobody seems to like Gene Zagura. Dude, gonna say it. Gonna say it. Say it. Trade him and sign Freddie as a stopgap. No, you didn't. What if... Oh. Stopgap Freddie? Oh, God, what is happening? One, it's a one-year Freddie? happening? Oh, it's one-year Freddie. All right, th- so this is how you know how bad things one have gotten. One-year Freddie. Jack Fritz 
is asking for Freddie Galvis to come home. Listen, this is it. 20, I, 20 some I, home runs I don't even know you. I don't even know who you are anymore. What has happened? Jackie Old School? Oh my God. This he's is, a gold glove. He's a gold glove shortstop. All right. No, no. But in all seriousness, Freddie on a one year deal, bring up Stott next year, and let's ride. Okay. So you're trying to be optimistic with with Middleton and what well, you? Well, I, I because I don't think he I don't think he can be as bad. I think as he has is. no idea what he's doing as a man, as an owner of a baseball team. Yeah, That's why? what I think. What do you mean? Why he's a billionaire? That doesn't mean that he's a, a baseball owner. That he's a smart baseball yeah, but owner. What if he sees? What if he sees his team? He thinks the team is on the verge of like going down the wrong path. Then then well, clean well, house. This is what Lori. This is what Lori did. But Lori, first and foremost, Lori had a lot of experience as an owner before then. I mean, oh, Milton's been a part of the organization years. since '95, right? But he has not been the primary guy. It's a different thing. He's in charge now. And furthermore, again, just because, and we see this a lot with like, we usually see it with children of owners, like whether it's the bus kids <laughs> or whatever. You know, you oh. see, you see it where these people become owners because their dad was rich enough to buy a team and ran a team, and then their dad dies, and then they're the owner of the team, and they're completely unqualified to do so. James Dolan, a terrific example of that. I don't I mean, know, I like what he's building up there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he's doing great. He loves music, so that's good. <laughs> I just, again, I don't, and I'm not saying that Middleton can't get there, and I do agree with you that at his core, I do think that John Middleton does care about winning. I don't think that he is strictly a businessman and is just there for for to increase the value of the, the team or this or that. I do think that he wants to win. I just don't think he has any idea how to do it. I think he knows. I I. In my in my gut, right? Like you're talking from your gut, right? I'm talking from my gut. Your gut is I saying. Wa- obviously, I want him to be great. I want him to be exactly what he says he is—a big boy in Steinbrenner of the South. Like I want that. Well, sure, I would like Steinbrenner when yeah. he was in jail and yeah. when he didn't try to like trade. A nice little mix of Hal and George. How about that? I just want Brian Cashman. That'd be great. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is me speaking totally just I pie in the sky. <laughs> when is that not the case, right. Jack? I mean, I did just say I want Freddie Galvis back. I know. Um, it's true. I, if he fires Matt Klemczak and fires Andy McPhail and he brings in High and Bloom. So he's Jack Middleton again. Then he's Jack Middleton. Okay. I, I can get on board with that because I do agree. I I know it's not. I think, I think he, but he, because he hasn't been this involved. I mean, that's one move. Like, he literally could change our opinion with one move and it's bringing in someone smart to run this team. This isn't that hard, but I just don't, it doesn't seem like he knows what to do right yeah, but here's now. the thing. Like, he, this wasn't. Called him an elite GM in March. But it doesn't. He was. He was just excited about getting Bryce Harper. We all know that what that was. Like I don't think we even look too much into that. Elite. Yeah, but I know. General manager. I know. Like, he's, he's four All Stars. I know. That's why he said it. But like, but like, he has not been this involved. He's only getting involved because he feels like there's such overwhelming pressure to do something. Like in the past, when he just let Matt Klentak do what he wanted to do, he let Andy McPhail. He was very hands off. He only feels like he has to get involved now because he feels like the team's falling apart. Maybe he was in the in the owner's box in week one of the Eagle season talking to Lori about how he did it. <laughs> I like that spin right there. That was good. Jackie spins? Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he hasn't been this involved. He's only gotten involved recently when this okay. thing is looking like okay. it's spiraling out of control. Let's take Jeff Lori off the table. as a, And again, he got very lucky with how it all worked out. I don't think Doug Peterson was the first choice. We all know he wasn't the first choice. There, are a lot of, there was a lot of luck involved in how it all worked yes. out. Yeah, he fired Chip Kelly, props. He put Howie back in charge, which ended up being the right decision. But there was a lot of luck involved in that. Yes. More so, how many examples of owners being very involved 
in sports history have we seen be good? Be good things to have happen to your team. Don't how ask, often does that happen? Don't ask me that question. <laughs> I know the answer, but I, I just don't think I just don't think he wants to be as involved as he is right okay. now. Okay. That's right. I hope that I hope I hope you're right because about I that. think that I think that. So he, your your hope is that John Middleton is recognizing there is a real problem, problem with this franchise moving forward. Like this is almost a a pivot point, yeah. potentially for the franchise, and that he could potentially get rid of Matt Clentag, bring in someone smart, and then step back again. Yeah, I think I, I, th- I hope so. And I think he would I spend so. the money. I think he would spend the money then. I think he would spend the money and invest in something he believes in. I don't think he believes in this team right now. Like well, I just no, don't. Should he? I mean, who? No, why he should you believe in this? But team like right that's now? the thing. That's why I don't get. Here's what I don't get: is if Middleton just fires Gabe Kapler, then what is the point of his baseball guys? I, well, his I, baseball guys are telling him not to. Well, that's the point. I, I just clean house at that point. Well, exactly. Because and, and bring in guys you believe in. Because if you're going to do that, and then especially bring in someone who. You know, and again, Buck Showalter might be the one example against this because he does have history with those guys with McPhail and Clintac from Baltimore. I know it's so ridiculous, but if he if it's a Madden or a Girardi or whoever it is, someone with real clout, I mean, immediately you're setting up a situation where their general manager and coach are are fighting against each other inherently. I mean, they're they're. You know what I mean? They come in and they're like not on the same page. Good, That's, I guess. I mean, I, right, but I, I, I'm, I'm conceding your point. I'm saying you're yeah. right. The idea that to only fire the manager in the situation they're in seems silly. Ugh, gotta go get Dave Dombrowski. Oh God! If I hear can another we, can person, we, can we just can we get dispel this out that myth? Okay. Yeah, please. I feel like we have to because we're the IOS podcast. Look, here's the thing: Dave Dombrowski won't come here because there are no prospects for him to trade away for <laughs> to try and win. There's here's, no one here. Let's He's just, got no farm system to trade away from. Let's get this out there. Dave Dombrowski is horrible at yeah. his job. He's, He's been bad. horrible at his job forever. For a long time. He, all he does, all Dave Dombrowski does, is come in and start selling prospects and spying, signing big contracts. And, signing big contracts. Yeah. and now and if, that's why the Balls and Red Sox now apparently can't keep Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez because they gave Nate Evaldi and Chris Sale's money. Your only job as a president, GM, is to keep your stars. You're in Boston. You are... Mookie you, Betts is 26 years old yeah, Mookie and Betts a, is a superstar. Un, un-freaking believable. MVP of the league last year and they're like, eh, no, it's going to be tough to keep this guy here. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that if Mookie Betts were here and that happened? We oh. would we would riot. And again, uh, just the fact that Dave Dombrowski won 108 games last year in a World Series and got fired this year Tells you all you need to know about Dave Dabrowski as a president of Oregon. They went to John Henry and were like, hey, not a big deal or anything, but <laughs> we can't keep Mookie Betts. And he said, you can get out. <laughs> get the hell out. Yeah. You signed Native Aldi for $63 million? Yeah. Oh, get out. Why? Get out. Why? Why did you extend Chris Sale when he did? It made no sense. <laughs> he could have just waited. Yeah. He, just- so he, he extended Chris Sale right after the worst Chris Sale has ever looked in his career. It's like, oh, that guy can't pitch in the World Series. Let, let's sign him. That's yeah. smart. Love it. So 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 that's <laughs> so if any of your friends, colleagues, peers come to you and say, you know what? I think the Phillies should sign Dave Dombrowski. Say to them they're dumb and listen to I Hope's podcast. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. It, well, it won't be here if they sign Dave Dombrowski. That's another one. Another one? Dombrowski, Sosha, Amaro. Anyone else you want to add Orioles, to this list? Orioles scouting Just director. Orioles guy. Yes. <laughs> Orioles guy X. Outside of show Walter, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I, like Showalter. I'd be but okay with He would not be social. I, it wouldn't be exactly. It wouldn't be a disaster. I would, like he comes in and he wins and then gets out. Yeah, and show look, Showalter. I I do see the potential for this clubhouse, this group of guys, to need someone to come in who 
has some cachet and is someone who is a not not a disciplinarian, but so they need a boss. Yes, they need a boss. That is exactly that's, right. That's and Buck what... Showalter would come in and be a boss. So from that perspective, he wouldn't be my top choice. But I'm not I'm not quitting on the team if they bring in Buck Showalter. My issue with bringing in Buck Showalter is it probably means that it's Clintac and McPhail who brought Buck Showalter. Mm, that's probably right. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Jim Salisbury was on at the yard. Um, yeah, let's get into that. Listen, if, you, if you don't listen to this podcast, or no, if you listen to this podcast and you're looking for like a, a beat writer podcast, the yeah. at the yard podcast is the best podcast. If you're looking for yeah entertainment, fun takes, that's what we're here for. Yeah. But uh, Jim Salisbury did say on on at the yard that um, they're looking for a boss as their next manager, which makes sense. Like that makes sense. The clubhouse needs it, and I think. I think Harper Real Muto want that, and Harper Real Muto are what matters. Yeah, they're the leaders of this franchise right. moving forward. And they they want to play for a winner, which they should. I'm. It's fair. It's sometimes you just need that, and I'm 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 very okay with that line of thing. And the other thing, even because it can be for a short period of time. Like I'm cool with bringing in an old school boss guy for for like to kind of get years. this team back on track, right? And that's what it feels like. Showalter would do. Yeah, well, he's 63. You know, I don't think he's looking to manage for the next decade or something like. Dusty's that. only 60. Is he really? Yeah. He feels like he's 75 years old to me. <laughs> Is he really only 60? Yeah. Wow. He feels way older to me. That's crazy. No, nah, I'm just kidding. 70. Oh, it makes so much more sense. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, he totally threw me off there. I'm like, no way. 70 Where did sounds I mess right. that up at? I would have said 72 if you'd asked me how old he was. That's uh, because so. Charlie's 75. There you go. So regardless, I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with, with something like that. The other thing the at the R podcast mentioned that we should get into, because that was really fascinating. Scott Boris. Yeah, I'm ready to be. I'm ready to just be a Scott Boris team. Well, dude, I, he he, okay. he manages all the good players. So what they said on at the yard was that Scott Boris and John Middleton have become very close, and that there is at least a a solid chance in Jim Salisbury's eyes. And again, the guys have to want to come here and sign and all that, but that he is going to try and funnel his clients, particularly the two he mentioned by name, Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon, one or the other, obviously, towards the Philadelphia Phillies to come here and play with Bryce Harper. Honestly. This is the best thing John Middleton has done is become close with Scott Boris. Yeah. Like I, like you said, you want I know that Scott Boris, a lot of people are like, oh, he's the devil, oh, he's the worst, isn't that? You want that dude on your side. Yeah, you just yeah. do. He he might be the most powerful person in baseball. Probably. Probably, right? I mean, Rob Manfred probably doesn't have more power than Scott Boris. I mean, I don't know Joe who Torrey. else. Would, Maybe. But not really. But not really. I think Scott Boer is probably, practically speaking, has the most power in the sport. Yeah. Get uh, that guy on your side. Yeah. I mean, this is what the Nationals were from 2012 on. I mean, they got worse. Strasburg, Rendon. I mean, they drafted Rendon, but uh, Harper they drafted, but still a Scott Boer's guy. Like they, they had a lot of worth. Yeah, they had a lot of Scott Boer's people they in just, that I building. mean, they became the Scott Boer's franchise. Mm-hmm. Now, the... It does force you to take guys like Matt Weider sometimes, and it forces you to take some bad guys. Mm-hmm. But usually, it, it means it all works out in the end. Yeah, I mean, listen, we took Jake Arietta. Okay, that should be tenfold what we had to pay. Yeah, it's true. You better bring us. You should bring us Garrett Cole and silver silver platter. You should, yeah, we should get a discount. Yeah, the Jake Arietta discount. Take this freaking guy. We still got one more do year see, of that. By the do way, you see what he oh, said about Carlos buddy. Santana. He is, he is just. Awful. He's the worst. Especially he's Bavin. It, he is Jason Bavin. He's Jason Bavin. It seems like Carlos Santana universally liked throughout the sport. Like the Indians glow about him. Like he is seems like a great dude. Everyone loves him. Jake Arrieta is like hated that guy. Happy he's gone. It's like all right, jerk. He didn't say hated him, but he said he's happy he's gone or whatever. So. Well, and like 
Chris Carlos Santana didn't want you guys to play video games during. I know, a, I know. it's like Carlos Santana wanted yeah. to be a professional and like, you know, actually like care about baseball. What a crazy thought, Jake. Yeah, not a Jake Arrieta fan. No, honestly, one more I, year. I would, one more. I year. would actually, honestly, I would be fine with them eating the money and not playing him that next year. That's how much I dislike the guy. Well, I that's not. not gonna happen. Of course, it's not going to happen. That's outrageous to think that. But all right, let's get back to it because we've kind of like been all over the place. So. Which is kind of what it is. I mean, there's so much swinging around with this team right now. And really, I think the fate of this team is really hanging in the balance. The future of this team, again, the I, I don't think I can can speak strongly enough to how nervous I am about the next couple of weeks with the Phillies, about how crucial the decisions that are happening now are for the future. Again, like the general manager, scouting director, the who John Middleton is, is the owner of this team. There's so and we're not even talking about upgrading the roster, which is going to be a massive part of this offseason because, you know, they don't have any pitchers, Jack. So uh, there is so much going on with this franchise right now with this team heading into this offseason. I I really feel like these next we talked a lot last offseason. We said like a million times this is the biggest offseason in the franchise history. Yeah. This might be bigger. The yeah. next week plus might be the biggest week in the the last decade of this franchise or longer. And and for the next decade of the franchise. <sighs> It's, gonna be, it's so it, important. It's I know it's like nerve wracking, but I'm also excited for it. You always are. I just want to see. I just want to see what's gonna happen, man. I, I do too, but I'm more nervous than excited. So, all right, let's get on the record. What do you think happens? Uh, I actually feel better about Klenzak being gone. I do too. Which is like the fact massive. that this came out. Like, listen, I just hope I hope John Middleton saw the tweets. Every day I wake up and say, "Fire Mike Klenzak, <laughs> fire High and Bloom." Let's go. Well, it's funny. It's such an listen. I'm rooting against the race tonight. I need the race to lose, so I just I need the I need the Heimblum thing to be done. I need to be over because yeah. like I need to stop getting my hopes up. One way or the other, either he's with the Red Sox or or we get excited. He's gonna be he's, he's gonna sign uh, with the Red Sox. Uh, it's I'm gonna be let down. Like I yeah, just be, prepare yourself, man. I know I'm already I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but if he signs with the Phillies, still, uh, it's uh, the thing oh, I love dude, about I you. It's perfect for high, the podcast, the High Hopes podcast. You more than anyone I've ever met can take like. 0.01% of hope and find a way to make it into 100% hope. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's, gonna it's a real skill. It's going to happen. <laughs> Chaim Bloom is going to be our new... Make him the president. Speak it into existence. Make him the president. Screw it. Give him the team. Just sell the team to him, John, for nothing. Just let Chaim run the show. Uh, please. please. I need I need him here. I need I him here too. so bad. Um, I just... He's from here. He, He's from here. Hashtag. We can stick it to the Mets forever. Oh. They, they chose Brody Van Wagenen. Which is unbelievable. He was right there. I know. He was right He's there. One He's of the two right. finalists. Which is crazy, too. You tweeted this out. I couldn't believe it. Chaim Bloom, one of the three finalists for the Phillies job yeah. back in 2015. Yeah. We could have had him. <sighs> now he was like 23 at that point, Who cares, probably. Who man? Who well, cares? I don't no, know. I know. I'm cool. But, like, here's the thing. Like, Chaim Bloom built the Rays way. He built the Rays' way. How they developed their minor league players. He developed a plan to build their minor league system. <laughs> that is what he did before becoming the whatever he is now. He's number two. No, he's the number two. That is what he did before. Now you can bring him here. <laughs> now you can bring him here. Well, just imagine you keep saying this too. Like I think in like half of your tweets are about this. But just imagine. 
giving this guy the resources that you have here. It's what happened with Andrew Friedman. Andrew Friedman built a race team that went to the World Series. Like, I don't think we should underrate how impressive that team he built was. And Phillies obviously handled it. But that, that was so impressive to do what he did. And then he went to the Dodgers and now he's built a literal juggernaut for Dude, the next decade or whatever. People get hurt. They bring up a stud. Dude. I was just talking with Joe Delio. They brought Dustin May to pitch out of their bullpen. He's a top 20 prospect in baseball. Gavin Lux. They're just like, he's like a top 10 prospect in baseball. They're like, hey, come on up. We'll play some second base. We'll, we'll bring you off the bench. It'll be fine. Gavin Lux. The Phillies don't have anyone. The Phillies don't have anyone like either of those two guys. Spencer Howard's not even Dustin May. And we're talking about Spencer Howard saving the franchise. We're like, oh, God. Thank God he's going to be in the rotation. He can save the season. Dustin May's pitching out of their bullpen. I don't like this Spencer Howard slander. He could be <laughs> you, he, the, he could be just as good as If Dustin the Dodgers May. offered you Dustin May for Spencer Howard, would you take it? Uh, the, nope. Lies. That is such a lie. Nah, he's got, I just he's, saw it on your face. Such uh, a lie. He's got red hair. Okay. Fair. It's true. <laughs> he's got a high I leg mar- kick. I did marry someone with red hair, so I don't think I can go down this road. <laughs> he's got a leg kick. <laughs> Spencer Howard is a, a horse. Also, okay. I mean, Alec Bohm could be Gavin Lux. No. Wait. Yes, he can be. Stop lying to yourself. I'm man. not lying to myself. Why can't it be? You're right. Maybe he could be. Probably won't be. Maybe not. Again, if the Dodgers offered you Gavin Lux for Alec Baum, would you take it? I don't yeah, know. You totally would take it. Don't Why? lie. Don't lie. Why? Where's Gavin Lux playing with Kingery? You always keep it real with the High Hopes listeners. Because I honestly don't know. Okay. Although I do, I will say this. What does hurt is seeing Keston Hiora be- Batting cleanup. Batting cleanup for the Brewers. I know, I know. I don't know if you- like. We didn't have this podcast, I don't think. I don't think we had this podcast. No. But I don't know if you remember how much I wanted Kessinger. You loved Kessinger. I was loved so him. mad. I was so I mad. I know. And it, was a, it was a Kingery thing, too. Yep. It was like they believed in Kingery so much that they didn't want to shake Kessinger, even though he's basically the next Anthony Rendon. Well, isn't that a great idea when kids are that young to say, oh, he plays that position, so I'm, we're not going to take him? You morons. <laughs> you morons. <laughs> you morons. Yeah, like, whatever. I don't know what else to say. What are we doing here? Eh, it's all right. It's all right. Haim's coming to save us all. Please, Jack. So you think if you had to bet your life right now one way or the other, you think he cleans house? I think he cleans house. I think so too. And I would have, again, I've been very staunch. I said, I think I said like a 2% chance Clint that goes earlier. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong or when things change. At this point, after that comes out and the fact that it is taking so long, it makes me feel like Middleton is lining his ducks up in a row. He's figuring everything out. And he's going to clean house. Yeah. I think the fact that there hasn't been any statement of any kind, of nothing, like he's clearly deliberating right now. I'm going to be so disappointed if he doesn't. Oh, dude. Like, wake me up. such a bummer. Wake me up. Wake me up when, when Haim signs, get ready for signs a of the high, Red Sox. Yeah. Get, get ready. Oh, God. Get ready for a high hopes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in tears. Gonna, he's going to be using the Red Sox, uh, 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 you know, system and, and resources to, to build the next juggernaut of the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm just saying it is so important to hire this guy. And I, I, it is, he's the only guy in baseball I would trust as the GM other than myself. (laughs) I'll take Kyan Bloom over you. (laughs) No offense. No offense. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Well, it's better than the caller to the midday show today who said, make Charlie Manuel the general Uh, manager. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. I know. That, that's where we're at, folks. Yeah, we're at the point where, and yes, there can sometimes be some crazy WIP calls, 
People are calling WIP saying, make Charlie the GM. Help us. Fix this. Did he follow up with uh, make Chase Utley the manager? <laughs> I'm, sure he, I'm sure he was thinking it. Make Dawkins the defensive I'm sure, coordinator? I'm sure he was thinking it. Making Chase the manager is not the worst idea. No, I don't think it's that bad of an I idea. Think Chase, I think Chase actually could be a really good manager someday. Again, you, you, you need to figure out how to talk to people. And, <laughs> yeah, and also he needs some experience. Like that's that's the thing about Raul, which again, and it doesn't seem like they want to go the new manager route. But the reason both of I both of us really like Raul is because he put in his work. He did what you're supposed to do to become a manager in baseball. He went and he worked in a front office. He's like learned about these things. I, I do think that matters. But I think temperament-wise, baseball-wise, I do think someday, Chase, if he wanted to do it, could be good at it. I think so, too. Yeah. Great baseball guy. How about that? Yeah. All right. You got anything else on your mind, Fritzy? Um, Off-season Jack is officially here. Thank God. That's um, all we're waiting for. The other night, I, I was trying to find Joe Girardi mic'd up. Because I've just fallen head over heels with Joe Girardi. Ooh! All right. So who's your top choice? We see your Girardi. top. Me too. Girardi, yeah. I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, yeah. I think I think he brings the nicest blend of stature of someone that that clubhouse will respect, but also someone who is a really nice mix of analytics and old school baseball, and like uses feel, but still understands the importance of analytics. I like Girardi. I'm I like Girardi you. too. I know Yankees fans don't love Girardi. It's really interesting. I have. I'm very with Dude. you. It's funny. I have a, my, my one of my best friends is a diehard Yankees fan, and he thought Girardi was horrendous. Even as Girardi won the World Series, he's like they, they did it in spite of Girardi. That's what he felt. But. Yeah, I mean, one of my best friends is a Yankees fan too, and he used to keep a he started keeping a diary of all the things Girardi would do wrong oh, in a God. game because he be, really got triggered. He became so obsessed with like <laughs> this guy is horrible. Um, so there's that hanging over the balance, but like I just think that I think this team needs a Girardi, and um, I think he's smart. I would I would. I, I think he's smart too, and I think that people always talk about the Yankees, but they forget what a great job he did with the Marlins in his first managerial job. Like he really did a great job managing that team. That was not a super talented team, and he did a really good job with it. I'm I, a couple years out. He's probably got the hunger back if he's willing to take a job. I'm with you. I think Girardi just makes the most sense from a lot of angles. We'll see, man. We'll see. Anyway, so the other night I was I'm watching down a little bit right now. I was watching. Um, I was watching. I was trying to find a Joe Girardi mic'd up, uh-huh. but I ended up just going down a rabbit hole of, of Joe Girardi ejection compilations. Were they good? Uh, yeah, it was like a thirty minute, thirty minutes. Thirty some, minutes. Yeah, thirty Jesus. minutes of him just getting thrown out of games. He got thrown out of a lot of games. He got thrown out of a lot of games. It was like wow. surprising. Like, over, I like, like that. Over like not that big of a deal. Give me some fire. Yeah, in, um, in my life with my manager. I was watching. I was, you know, I'm just trying to look up pictures I want. Oh yeah, but I'm already thinking about the big trade. You're, oh, oh, I thought you were talking about like the June draft. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Well, they they did solidify the 15th pick. Breaking news. Hey, can't wait. It's actually higher than you you know would have expected. Well, yeah, it's because I expected a playoff run this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do think what a crazy thing to yeah. expect. That was dumb in this city. Um, I think the Phillies need to make a. They need to to kind of change up the core a little bit this offseason and add in a big star. Um, whether that's trading away some top prospects to get it done. Oh, might need some prospects, but go ahead. Yeah, Mookie. <laughs> Mookie comes to mind. I love the idea of, oh, we could trade for Mookie. With what? With what? Spencer Howard and Alec Baum doesn't get you Mookie. And Hoskins? <laughs> sure. That's. I mean, that's an interesting package. Here's the thing. The Mookie thing, it's, he's got one year left on his deal, so it would be... Well, you're resigning him. The, of course you are, but the point is that still adds the extra layer, but... I don't even think that's enough to get it done. Yeah, I don't know. I think you need it. I think there has to be a top ten prospect in the game in that type of trade. But I, 
I have a weird, I have a weird Chris Bryant feel. I can see that. Look, that's a, I believe a Boris Klein, Chris. Boris Klein, yeah. best friends with Harper. Makes sense. They won little league championships together. I guess they, they mean they talk all the time. They're best friends. I'm very in for Chris Bryant. Let's go. I think coming coming off a bit of a you know down couple years compared to you know the year before. Good Chris Bryant. Yeah, yeah. So I mean maybe get him a discount. I don't know if it'd be a discount, but I mean like more less than you would have had to pay from two years ago. Is yeah. Um, and he needs to get paid and all that. Theo, um, who is finally realizing that he's behind the times and not very good at, oh, at no. finding free agencies wow. and building a, and sustaining a roster. Is that what he's, that's what I, I critiqued him for? Yes. And he's already planning his exit to go back to Boston. Probably. I mean, what a guy. Um, <laughs> um, he said the other day that they're that Chris Bryant and, and Javi Baez are not untouchable. So yeah. there mean, could be a path there. There's no way they have enough to trade for Baez. You get Bryant for cheaper than Baez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, has been a top three he's a MVP. Player. He's a better player, years. and he's a more versatile player, and he plays a more important position, and he's better defensively. I mean, Baez is a better player, but and he's really cool. Yeah, and he, well, he's fun. Like he's a fun player. Yeah. Avi Baez. I enjoy watching that guy play baseball. He's a reason to go to the ballpark. Yeah, he is. He is a really fun. He could do anything at any time. Like he's that talented and that athletic and all that. But Bryant, Harper, Realmuda. Let's go. I would be good with that. Chaim, make it happen. Yeah. Jack. It's all that matters. Middleton. Let's Please. go. Can we can we see Jack Middleton? I loved Jack Middleton. Did I? Not a big fan of John at the moment. Yeah. I'm I'm considering taking the H out of his name. I'm considering making him John and not John. Because it's where we're at right now. J O H N is the real John. Obviously. You would know something about that. All right. Nope. Any <laughs> final thoughts? Oh, that wasn't my final thought. They, okay. need, they need to make a, a core-changing move this offseason. Yeah, well, let's just say my final thought, uh, sign Kai and Bloom. Get rid of Matt Glentech. Let's go. I don't think there's anything else we need to say. Rate and review the podcast um, once a week now. Once a week. We're going to make and it And emergency podcasts when necessary. The second something happens, we will be there. So, <sighs> hopes are not high at the moment. They're getting there. But they will hopefully get there next week week after whenever stuff finally happens we'll be with you either way so for friends themselves we'll talk to you later hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.